Thank you so much. It is such a privilege to be here. I love coming here. It's become like a tradition for us. Mother's Day, we're here with you and you are my family. So this feels so good to be back here. Uh, this year marks 10 years since my mom passed away and it honestly feels like yesterday. But over the years I've been coming here, you guys have heard so many stories of my mom but you also have helped me even as I have grieved through my mom's passing and living without her. The thing that stood out for me of my mother's life was her life with God. She grew into a relationship that trusted God fully and she lived out what she believed in the dailiness of her life. Uh, today, we, uh, I'd initially thought I would talk about the fruit of the Spirit, then I listened to Pastor Lee's sermons, and so I thought, today we will focus on one fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness, okay? And what I want you, the tagline, the line that I want you to take home with you is faithfulness is knowing what you believe, right? That's faith, knowing what you believe, and moving it forward. So in other parts of the world... We don't celebrate Mother's Day, but we celebrate what is known as Mothering Sunday, a day when we celebrate mothering, okay? Because not all of us are mothers, uh, but all of us, in some way, even you guys, have nurtured, have mothered someone. What does mothering look like? Well, our moms weren't perfect. Mine wasn't, for sure. But in their imperfect way, they showed us a core part of what being a mother is in being faithful. It involves unconditionally loving uh, your children. In India, we have a saying that says, for even the ugliest raven, their child looks like gold. Okay, it's unconditional love. It's gentle and nurturing. It'll do anything to help the child grow. It's patient, it's comforting, it endures, it's sacrificial. Who does that remind you of? It reminds you of Jesus. It reminds you of God, right? God, in our cynical, self-centered world, we celebrate Mother's Day because, yes, today we remember our moms and we remember the people who gave birth to us. But in remembering them, we remember a greater love that our world only hears faint echoes of. We remember a God who loves us faithfully. The Bible uses the word hesed, and our worship team led us in worshiping a God who is faithful, whose love never ends, whose favor, whose face is turned towards us, right? He nurtures us, he cares us, he treasures, for, uh, treasures us, he endures all that we throw at him and still gave himself sacrificially for us. So if we get to uh, reflect on the nature of God, we also get to reflect on how do we live that out. What are its implications for our lives? So I want us to pray this morning together, and then we'll go uh, deeper into this. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the moms in our midst. 
We thank you, Lord, for the blessing that they are to us and for the many ways in which they point us towards you. And so, Father, as we uh, spend our time looking at your faithfulness to us and what that means for our lives, I pray, Lord, that uh, we would just soak in the goodness of who you are, in your abundant faithfulness and love for us, and that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would so speak to our lives that we would go from here transform people. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, the dictionary says that faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Faith in the Bible is having complete trust in Yahweh, God. Even the word amen, and we sang that over and over again, comes out of the Hebrew root word for faith, aman, meaning to believe, to confirm, to support. So saying amen is saying, I believe it. You know, when we sing his favor, may his favor be upon us, and we say amen to it, we're saying, I believe it. So be it. So what does being faithful mean? It means being true to one another regardless of how they are or how they behave. Yahweh is faithful to us regardless of how we behave towards him. Right? Faith is a trust issue. It's a relationship word. Faith can be one way, but being faithful means you need a relationship to make it work, right? So what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is the currency that undergirds our lives. Just think of it. When you pour your cereal in your bowl, when you poured your cereal in the bowl this morning, you expected the manufacturer of that cereal to be faithful in how they made it, right? When you go to the bank, you expect your bank to be faithful with the money that you put into it. We expect our politicians to be faithful to what they promise us. Well, maybe not. We long for our family and our friends to be faithful in their relationship with us. You and I are built for faithfulness. We were created to live in a trusting, interdependent relationship. But more often than not, what you and I encounter in our world, and sadly even in our church, is unfaithfulness. Right? You and I know what unfaithfulness looks like. If you think through your life in varying degrees, you and I have experienced unfaithfulness. You know how it feels. You know, how, you know the pain, you know the trauma, you know the hurt, you know the anxiety, the fear that comes from unfaithfulness. And it takes years to trust again. But faithfulness is not a word we hear very often. Sometimes we hear it at retirement parties. So-and-so was a faithful employee. Uh, or he, uh, we hear the word a lot in funerals, right? So, uh, this person was a faithful man. Uh, just recently, our church in Wisconsin lost our, uh, one of our founding pastors, Stuart Briscoe. And in his obituary, the one thing that people remembered about him was his faithfulness to God and God's people. 
We hear it at golden wedding anniversaries that they, this husband, this wife, were faithful to each other for 50 years or more. I mean, uh, uh, as they go forward. I remember someone asked Stuart Briscoe, what is the secret of your long marriage? They had been married for 63 years. And he said, keep your promises and live a long time. <laughs> Keeping your promises for a long time is faithfulness. Okay, Chris Wright uh, defines faithfulness in this way. Faithful means being trustworthy and dependable. A faithful person is a person of honesty and integrity, someone you can rely on. Faithful people keep their word. They do what they promise. They can be trusted not to cheat and deceive. Faithfulness also means exercising that kind of trustworthy behavior over a long period of time. Faithfulness is the character of someone you know you can simply rely on all the time. That sounds awesome, but when you and I think about ourselves as being faithful people, you and I can be that for some time, but all of the time? And this is the beauty of who our God is, because that's exactly who he is. From the very first chapters of the pages of the Bible to the very end, it's the drumbeat that pulsates through all of the scripture, through all of our history. The, the, the echo, the message is that God is faithful, and his faithfulness endures forever. From the dawn of creation to eternity, what we will experience of God, what we do experience of God, is his unfailing faithfulness. The psalmist says, your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Did the sun come up today? Did you see the sun? Well, we didn't see the sun, but we, we know that it's up there. The reason it's up there is because God is faithful. He didn't say, I'm done with this world. He didn't say, you guys are not worth it. I'm not sending the sun this morning. You all go, you know, he didn't. Every morning when you see the sun, you experience his mercy. You experience his faithfulness, right? The Bible is all about the faithfulness of God. And we're just going to touch on three aspects of his faithfulness. Number one. God's faithfulness is seen in his character. It's how he describes himself. The people of Israel in the wilderness at the foot of Mount Sinai had sinned and chosen to worship an idol, rejecting God. And after Moses had dealt with their rebellion, he goes back to the mountain and he says, God, don't abandon us. Show me your glory. And as Moses stands on the mountain, God reveals himself to Moses, and this is how he reveals himself. He came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And as he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, listen here, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Uh, my oldest son uh, is a pastor in a church up in Minneapolis, and recently he preached on slow to anger. Their church is doing a series through this verse. And his verse, his portion of it was slow to anger. So he called me and he's like, Mom, can we talk about this? And I'm like, yes. And as we talked about it, 
we, are, we talked about how God is gracious and compassionate. We get that, right? That's the first half. And then right in the middle is the slow to anger. And you and I are the kind of people who are like, wait, God is slow to anger. We get that. He's going to take his time. But at the end of it, this is slow to, there's the anger part of it, right? And really what God is saying here is there's the compassionate and gracious God. He gives us all this time to turn to him. And at the end of it, what we do see is abounding in love and faithfulness. You know, that's the beauty of our God. Moses could come down from that mountain and leave the grumbling, complaining, rebellious people to the promised land because he knew at the end of it what he was going to encounter was the faithfulness of God. He's faithful to his character. He's faithful to his words. So the second thing we see is God's faithfulness is seen in his covenant and, his, and in his word. Here's the covenant. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He's the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. He kept his covenant to Israel and in Christ, you and I can live in this new covenant. Why? Because God is faithful. He makes it happen. And then God is faithful to his word. Joshua, at the end of his life, could look back and he, he would say, not one of God's good promises have failed. Every single one was fulfilled. Paul would say, for no matter how many promises God had made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us for the, to the glory of God. Right? God's word can be trusted because he's a faithful God. His word can be trusted because we saw how he kept his covenant to the people of Israel for thousands of years, even in the midst of their rebellion, God kept his covenant. And he keeps his covenant to us, drawing us to him, changing us, transforming us into his image. He's faithful to do that, right? He is faithful to this word. And so thirdly, he's faithful to his plan for our lives and for the world. Isaiah would say, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. His plan for salvation is because of his faithfulness. Did we deserve to be saved? No, but it's because of his faithfulness. We can trust that our future is not dependent on our life circumstances or governments, but on the faithfulness of God who will fulfill his good plan for us. Right? Amen. Yeah. The people of Israel sang of the faithfulness of God because in a world where change is all around, you have been walking through the book of Daniel where they were in exile. They were, in, uh, they were far away from the land under the oppression of uh, other rulers. Even there, they could see the faithfulness of God. It, what they could bank on and what you and I can bank on is the faithfulness of God. David would say, I have always been mindful of your unfailing love, and I have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Your love, he would say, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. We will proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. 
Because at night when we sit back and reflect on the day and you think, wow, in so many ways I am here and I can see the faithfulness of God in that even when the people of Israel walked away from God in complete rebellion and they had broken the covenant, they saw his faithfulness. When the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem, the prophet Jeremiah stands in the ruins of the broken uh, homes and walls in the streets of Jerusalem and he sings this lament. He says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. We may be overwhelmed, but we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Yeah, even in their own unfaithfulness, when the people of Israel looked at themselves and they saw themselves as unfaithful people, and they were, they could see the faithfulness of God. Because God's faithfulness didn't depend on their behavior. It was based on his character that he was a faithful God. It was based on his word that he would fulfill his word towards them. It was based on his purposes that at the end of it, we would see the faithfulness of God. Someone said, faithfulness is love hanging on no matter what. That's what the faithfulness of God is. Love holding on no matter what. During our own rebellion and sin, God continued to show his faithfulness to us by sending Jesus, his son, to die on the cross. By his life, his death, his resurrection, he showed us that God is for us. What does that mean? God is faithful to us. He longs to live in relationship with us. Nothing can separate us for, from his love. How can we believe that? We can because of his character. He's faithful because he's faithful to his word. But his faithfulness didn't stop there. It continues throughout our lives. As we put our faith in him, he keeps his word and he sends his Holy Spirit to us. And you know what? When you and I cannot even imagine what it means to be faithful people, his Holy Spirit begins to grow in us the faithfulness of God. We are faithful image bearers of a faithful God. How can we trust that? Because he who called us is faithful and he will do it. His promise is that his kingdom will come. One of the last pictures in the Bible portrays Jesus as king, king of kings and lord of lords. And this is in Revelation chapter 20. And the Bible says he wears a, a banner over him. And you know what that banner, that sash says? It says he's called faithful and true. Right? Alistair Begg says, God is 100% faithful, 100% of the time. Time and eternity cannot change the faithfulness of God. He remains forever faithful, so we can depend on his faithfulness. So what does that mean to you and me? Well, it means that I can trust and live in confidence. Other people may fail you, but God won't. He won't fail you no matter what you're going through. Secondly, it means when I fail, and you and I do, 
the faithfulness of God and justice will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's faithfulness means that you and I can live in this beautiful fellowship with his son. It's God's faithfulness that brought us sinners into fellowship with him. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God's faithfulness keeps me faithful even when I'm tempted. God's faithfulness delivers me from temptation. Isn't that cool? He provides a way of escape from, for us. No, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation make a way of escape that you will be able to bear it. And finally, God's faithfulness enables us to live a life of integrity. So we're going to turn a little corner over here, okay? We've looked at who God is and his faithfulness and what that means for us. But when we look at the fruit of faithfulness in our lives, what does that look like? What does it mean to grow in faithfulness? Because growing in faithfulness is, act, is an active response to the faithfulness of God. Okay? Because remember, it's a relationship. He keeps his promise to us, and we mirror him by keeping our word to him. It's cross-shaped. It means my faithfulness in my relationship to God is reflected in my relationship to those around me. One of my friends had a beautiful way of describing it, and I'm going to make a hash of it because I don't know this, but if any of you know sign language, just kind of give me grace here. Okay, so one of my friends, I was talking about the sermon with her, and she, uh, she's a sign language, she uses sign language. So she said, Shantani, this is really exciting, because apparently in sign language, the word for faith is this. Okay, you know something, and you bank on it, kind of, right? And then she said, but the word for faithfulness is you know it, you bank on it, but you must move it forward. Okay, I thought that was such a beautiful picture. You know, when I uh, think of my mom, with all her quirks and faults, one of the things I learned from her was her faithfulness to God. She put feet to her faith, okay? And uh, my father died eight years before she died. And when my father died, she was completely desolate. She, I mean, they had been married for 40 years, and their marriage was such a beautiful reflection of God and his love. And, but when he died, she was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to, uh, they were both in full-time ministry. She was like, how am I going to handle the ministry? What am I going to do? And my brother and I were so shocked because for us, she was such a pillar of faith, right? And we saw her spin out and we were like, what is happening to, my mom, to our mom? This woman who was so faithful seemed unable to find her feet. And this went on for a few months. And then a few months later, I get a call from her. And she said, she told me how God had spoken to her through Isaiah chapter 54. And it, the, he's, the word was, your maker is your husband. And all of a sudden, it struck her. My dad's vows, as faithful as he was to uh, them, ended at death. But when God says, your maker is your husband, God never dies. His faithfulness to his vows to her 
were going to last to eternity, right? And then to our amazement, we watched her put feet to that faith, you know, and she launched back into life with a confidence and a dependence on God that was incredible. As I watched her, I know that's what I want for my life. I want for my life to be a woman of faith, but also to be someone who lives out of that faith, lives that faith out. So many of us, we know so much of the Bible. We can quote Bible verses like we know them, like the back of our hand, right? But when hard times come, there's a disconnect between what we believe and how we behave. Does that make sense? Right? So how do you do that? Faithfulness is knowing what you believe and moving it forward. So Dallas Willard said that as we grow into the likeness of Jesus, there are three processes. It's, uh, it's the word vim. Okay, it's vim means energy, all right? So V stands for vision, I stands for intention, M stands for means. Vision, it starts with the mind. What does a life that displays the character of God look like? It starts with a desire to grow. It starts with the desire in myself to say, I want to be like Jesus. You and I drift in our life with Christ. But vision means I look at the beauty of Christ's faithfulness and I want that. I long for that to be manifest in my life. Right? So vision, I long to look like Jesus. I desire to be an apprentice of Jesus. Intention is, comes from the will, okay? The steadfast intention to obey Christ. Where do I need to submit? Where do I, uh, I need to obey? My will needs to come in line with God's will to transform me. Some of the questions I ask myself, where do I need to submit or choose to obey? I want to grow, but my will to obey is so weak. You know how that feels when you wake up in the morning and you decide, I'm going to have my quiet time with God. What happens? Somehow, something or the other comes in the way and you end up saying, okay, I'll do it at night. And then night time comes, you're too tired. And then I'm like, I'll do it tomorrow morning. The will does not line up with God's will for you, right? Obedience starts with the surrender of my will. God, I'm done with doing this my way. I move my faith forward by choosing to obey you. I need your will to lead, lead me. Daniel did that. And so many times through the Bible we see that. But you and I need to be intentional about doing it. And then means, how do I put feet to my faith? How am I going to move it forward? Faithfulness is knowing what you believe and moving it forward, right? This is not about trying to win God's favor. We already have that, okay? This is about training to be godly. What do I need to do to be in a place where God will grow his faithfulness in me? You know, Daniel, every morning, woke up and went and opened his windows and prayed, and he did that three times a day, right? You and I may have different disciplines, but put into place those disciplines that you need to, uh, to meet with God so that he can grow his faithfulness in you. Spending time with God, reading and listening to his word, doing what he tells you to do, or maybe it is needing to forgive someone, 
Or maybe it needs, you need to confess to God those places you were not faithful in. Maybe God's calling you to stand with someone, and that's where you're going to learn faithfulness. Whatever it is, ask God, where do you need me to be so that I can grow in faithfulness? I want you to see how Paul plays it out. He has just finished talking about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and he's talked about faithfulness being a fruit of the Spirit. And so he says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. That's a vision. You will, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit intention, you are not under the law. Walking by the Spirit here means let your conduct be directed and empowered by God's Spirit. That's our vision. That's our goal. Then Paul says if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, you're not controlled by the choices of your flesh, your will is surrendered to him. Your will is not yours anymore. And then Paul then tells us how we can move it forward. He says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, the school I studied in in India was very well known for its athletics program. So every year we had this huge school meet. Okay, you need to think mini Olympics. All right, the whole the whole school would, uh, you know, uh, we would have a march past. We would have the, all of the you know celebrations, and uh, you know, but the school was divided into four houses or four teams, right? And each team had to field a contingent that would be part of the opening parade. And unlike march, uh, marching bands here, we didn't have to play an instrument. All we had to do was march in formation. Okay, that's what we had to do. Now, I volunteered for this even though I did not know my left from my right. And I, I think I volunteered because I like being with people, so I volunteered for it. And uh, I, I know, there are those of you who are so savvy about it and say, all you have to do is put your hand up there and you know left and you know right, but I'm the kind of person who will look at it and say, which way do I look at it? Do I look at it this way? Do I look at it this way? How do, you know. Anyways, all that to say, left and right is not my thing. Then I discovered that if I kept my eyes on the feet of the girl in front of me, I would do just fine. I would march in step. Right? But the problem ha happened when they said, about turn, and the whole contingent turned, and then I would go off step because I didn't have anyone in front of me being the tallest, and then I would take the whole group off step. So the people who led this, they were very, very kind, and even though it spoiled the formation of the, the contingent, they had a row behind me so that I would have someone who would march that I could keep in step with. How do we move forward in faithfulness? We keep in step with the Spirit. Be intentional. Keep your eyes fixed on God and walk directed by Him. So the question comes to you. How are you going to take your faith and move it forward?
Ask God, what is one thing that I need to do? For my mom, that one thing that she needed to do was trust God over her circumstances. You know in your life where God's calling you to take your faith in him and move it forward. For me, as I prepared, I was convicted of how easily social media distracted me from my walk with God. And I had to obey by taking it off my phone. So it wasn't the first thing that I reached for. But what about you? What are you going to take your, how are you going to take your faith and move it forward? This week, as I worried about my kids, God reminded me that he's faithful. Take time, Shantani, to look back on my faithfulness to your children and to you. And as I reflected on that, I grew in learning to trust God about all the other voices that were loud and clamored for my attention. And then ask God, who do I need to show your faithfulness to this week? For me, what I'm called to do is not as big as my mom was called to do. But this week, God convicted me that I needed to take my schedule and put aside time to show up for a couple of friends who are struggling. Now, showing up is not easy. It's not convenient. It takes time. But remember, I'm growing in faithfulness, and I'm growing faithfulness muscles by showing up for them. I'm going to end with the story my mom used to say. It's one of my favorite stories. Uh, and uh, this is, my mom would forward these stories very often. That's how she communicated in many ways. But this was one of my favorites. And this is a story of a little girl who goes to Sunday school. And she comes back, and I'm sure you've heard the story before, but she comes back from Sunday school, and she's very perplexed. And so she asks her mom, her mom looks at her and says, honey, what's happened? What, what did you learn in Sunday school today? And the, mom, uh, the little girl says, mom, the Sunday school teachers told me that God is so big, he's bigger than the whole universe. And uh, is that true? And the mom says, yes, that is true. And then she said, but the Sunday school teacher said that God lives in my heart. Is that true? And the mom said, yes. Yes, honey, that's true. And she sat there very perplexed. And then she said, but mom, if God is so big and he lives in my heart, won't he show through? And that's what faithfulness is all about. When you take what you believe and you step out into it, he shows truth.